You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. And that is Serenade for Strings by renowned Russian composer Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky is the nutcracker, Swan Lake. But Rob Capolo says he is so much more than that. Capolo is a musician, an author, and a composer, and he'll unpack Tchaikovsky's Serenade for Strings with Loker Chamber Orchestra, A Far Cry, tomorrow at the New England Conservatory. It's part of the Celebrity Series of Boston. And Rob's here in Studio Two. Welcome back. So great to be here, oh, live. I Live, I know, <laughs> and in person. It's great to have you. You want us to know that there's something about Tchaikovsky that we're missing, that there's a misconception about him. 1800s composer, what are we missing? Well, you know, there's a wonderful quotation from one of my favorite authors, the Czech novelist Milan Kundera, and he's talking about the novel as a genre, and he says, the novel's spirit is the spirit of complexity. Every great novel says to the reader, things are not as simple as you think. And I think that's really something to remember for everything. Things are not as simple as you think. And that could apply to every aspect of Tchaikovsky's life and music. For example, almost everybody thinks of Tchaikovsky as the quintessential Russian composer, with his music almost defining the term Russian music. However, when his fellow composer and student Sergei Tanyev said that the only way forward for Russian music is through music with its roots in the Russian people, mm-hmm. here's what he said. He said, quote, If thanks to Peter the Great, we have been faithfully caught on the tail of Europe, then thus we shall remain forever. I value very highly the wealth of material which the, quote, slovenly and suffering people, that's how Tanya have described the Russian people, produce. But here's the key. But we who use this material will always elaborate it in forms borrowed from Europe. For born Russians, we are at the same time even far more Europeans, and we have so resolutely and deeply fostered and assimilated their forms that to tear ourselves from them, we would have to strain and do violence to ourselves. Hmm. And from such straining and violence, nothing artistic could come. So we always say Russian composers sort of root ourselves there. You're saying deeply European. Yeah, and in fact, you know, he had the most dazzling fusion of European compositional techniques and Russian folk music that's been there since Haydn. So I mean, Russian was, fusion. Exactly, Russian <laughs> fusion. But I mean, it was the combination. You know, it's so interesting. I was just talking to Walter from the Celebrity Series, and he told me that right after the Ukraine invasion, everyone wanted to cancel Tchaikovsky, and the Boston Pops was considering not doing the 1812 on their July 4th concert because dum, it dum, was Russian. Da, 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 it's it's dum, Russian. Dum, we dum. can't do it. But in fact, it's the exact opposite. I mean, the 1812 overture was actually written to celebrate Russia throwing off a foreign invader, Hmm. Napoleon, which would have been the perfect piece to play when they had become the foreign invader of Ukraine. So things are never as simple as you think. So the waters run deep with Tchaikovsky. The waters run deep, and he was a beautiful fusion of this sophisticated European compositional technique with Russian folk music and all of it came together to make Tchaikovsky. Okay, so in the pantheon of music from Tchaikovsky, you're you're going to tell us what makes Serenade for Strings great. Why'd you pick that one and what makes it great? Well, one of the things that's so interesting, it was written at the exact same time as that bombastic 1812 overture. So again, 1880, everybody thinks this is Tchaikovsky. It's his most popular piece. But he was writing this exquisite piece, which in his mind was an homage to Mozart's serenades. Hmm. But it's not only interesting enough that the public gets Tchaikovsky wrong, 
Tchaikovsky got himself wrong. <laughs> Is that as possible? Well. Yeah. I mean, he says, here's what he says. He says, the first movement, the music you were just hearing, yeah. is my homage to Mozart, and it is intended to be an imitation of his style, and I should be delighted if I thought I had in any way approached my model. I mean, it's as beautiful as anything he ever wrote, but it is anything but Mozartian, and for that matter, it's anything but a serenade. I mean, a serenade was originally a love song sung by a lover in the evening outside the window of his beloved. And this is not that. I mean, this is a massive four-movement mini-symphony that was originally sketched as a symphony. I mean, beautiful it is. Ina Klein Anak music, it isn't. Yeah. It is anything but that. But it is this incredible fusion of the past and the present, of Russian folk material and a sophisticated European compositional technique, and it's about detente. So do the Rob thing now. Okay, so I'll just give you a part of it. First of all, you have to come to the concert because I'm skipping the first three movements, which are just extraordinary. And again, tomorrow night, and we'll give you more information on about how to participate uh, to, uh, at the end of this. But let's test your sound again. How we doing? Beautiful. Sounds fantastic. I mean, that's why we're at there WBUR. There we go. Thank Everything you. gets fixed. Do the Rob thing. I love this part. So here we are. We're at the end of the third movement. The end of the third movement elegy ends beautifully with the cellos floating into the ether. And we sit on this beautiful chord. Now, the fourth movement begins with a little slow introduction, but there's a four-measure introduction to the introduction, a little transition, and it's just a single note. And that note, in a way, is Tchaikovsky's version of time travel. It's the same D that ended the third movement with a chord, but it's now thinned out to a single note. Hmm as we travel through the mists of time back to old folk Russia. Now, the vehicle for this journey is actually an old Russian folk tune along the Green Meadow, which he'd already arranged for two pianos in 1869. And in fact, the first 30 measures are a little note, literal note-for-note note transcription of the earlier version. Now, the tune is just in the violins by itself. It's very thin, and the accompaniment is one line in the viola. So this is like willful simplicity. Okay. You know, this is dressing up your educated composer in peasant clothes, and it's just two parts like this. Old folk Russia, and it repeats just two parts, like Copeland's Appalachian Spring I Variations. I was literally thinking of this Copeland's Appalachian Spring. This is both of willful simplicity, pretending to be not who you are, pretending to be a shaker in Copeland's version, yeah. and pretending to be a Russian peasant in this version. Then we fill out the texture for part two just a little bit. So beautiful. Mm. I mean, I wish I was in old folk Russia. We do it again. Folk music and a little cadence. Now, all of a sudden, he turns the combination upside down. Now he's the conservatory composer. I can do invertible counterpoint. I can take a Russian folk tune and put it in the bass and change it. So instead of the melody being up here, now it's down here. And what was in the bottom now goes into the top. So the whole thing's turned upside the down. The whole thing's turned time. upside I mean, believe me, the peasants were not doing this when they were singing Russian folk tunes. They weren't turning but them upside down. This is right, exactly. This I is bet what he's somewhere in some cabin, <laughs> Rob Capital. There's a really I'm I'm totally underestimating the Russian peasants. But they weren't turning it upside down. So listen to the difference. Here's the first version with the melody on top. Now we turn it upside down and it becomes this. 
But the most incredible moment, and this is the key to where the two worlds come together. We come to the end of the melody. The first time the melody was up top here. Now we put it on the bottom. Yep, I hear it. Now listen to what's on top. You would barely notice it. But it's, it goes from thudding to beautiful. And on top is a little four-note scale. Yep. I mean, it doesn't get simpler than right, this. Right. Just four notes. I mean, it's like ding, ding, ding. It's like ding, what ding, you learn ding. in fifth grade. Anybody could do it with one finger. But what he hears in possibility in these four simple notes, I'm going to tell you it's C, B, A, G. You don't have to know names of notes, but there will be a quiz at the end. <laughs> so C, B, A, a simple accompaniment to the melody down here. Here's the melody. Right. We have these four notes. C, B, A, G. We do it again. C, B, A, and we resolve uh. to a single note. By the way, we could go right into Appalachian Spring here. Uh, you could. We resolve here. Now, we work with that. We've got our four notes. What are they? C, C B, A, G. G. I so, passed. Okay, excellent. So now let's lengthen the third and the fourth note. And we get C, B, lengthen, A, but no resolution home. We want this. No such luck. What do we get instead? We get this. Uh, we get C, B, A. Whoa. Oh. We do it Hang again. Hang on a minute. We give a little rhythm to the beginning. C, B, A. Do we get a cadence? No. Now we get rid of the last note. What's the last note? G. We get rid of it. C, B, A. We're desperate for G. Not yet. C, B, A, and then in this masterly fusion of folk art and European technique, he takes those four notes, which were just the accompaniment, C, B, A, G, and he yeah. turns them into the core of the fourth movement's main up-tempo theme, Play which that. was yet an other folk tune, and it becomes... There we go, there we go. So let me just remind listeners where we are. We're here with Rob Capello, musician, author, composer, uh, part of the Celebrity Boston series, What Makes It Great, Tchaikovsky. And I, I let that run, I think, because right now I think we need that, our, our hearts and souls. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's connecting the past and the present in the most beautiful way. Because you took this little folk theme, you put it in the bass. Yeah. And you take the simplest thing. All we need in life is four notes. Take me to the present. Take, tell, tell me something. Can you do this? Some four notes in the present that, that have those four notes. Well, those four notes, the interesting thing and the amazing thing about the piece, and this is why you have to come Saturday, is believe it or not, the very first movement ultimately gets connected to that as well. The whole piece that you heard begin when you, uh, when you played in yep. started like this. Yep. So it's like a plot line that we hear at the very beginning of a Marvel movie and all of a sudden that bad guy sh or good guy the shows up again at the end. The bad guy or good guy shows up and he in fact shows you how it's all connected because he comes back to that music at the end of the fourth movement that started the whole piece and he yep. plays it again like this. And what are those notes? C, C B, A. A. No one dream. And he says, there listen to is. that again. C, there it is. B, a, and in yep. case you missed it, he says, well, what if I get rid of the ba-ba-ba and just play the first four notes? C, B, A, G, speed it up. C, B, A, G, becomes. 
and there it's joyful. And suddenly the whole world is connected. You know, one of the great things about Tchaikovsky, and it comes right out of Beethoven, he says, we look at the world and we see difference. We see difference. But if you look behind difference, you see what connects us. On the first level, when you hear this at the very beginning of the piece, and you hear the fourth movement stuff, no one would ever dream that those are connected. They sound so different on the surface, Palestinians, Israelis. But when you look past the surface difference, what Tchaikovsky is saying, we are all connected. We are all C, B, A, G. And we're connected on that fundamental human level of just four notes going down on a scale. You know, Ezra Pound says that genius is the capacity to see 10 things where the ordinary man sees one. And what Tchaikovsky hears in those simple four notes that connects both the past and the present, the first movement and the fourth movement, and if we listen in the right way, all of us. Oh, my goodness. This is why I love having you come in. It's why it's a pleasure to be here. All right. So when uh, somebody this weekend is going to pull out their Tchaikovsky, yes. right, and they may have Serenade for Strings, but they might have something else. So if we're going to listen to some Tchaikovsky this weekend, give us one overarching thing to look for. Well, I think the overarching thing to look for is that, first again, things are not as simple as you think. Tchaikovsky is not as simple as you think. Nothing in the world that we look at today, all our hot busting issues, are as simple as you think. So what you want to listen for is this wonderful merger of the old and the new, of the Russian and the Western, and the fusion of the two to make something your own. You know, I mentioned that this was an homage to Mozart's serenades, but one of my favorite quotes from my teacher, Nadia Boulanger, is she says, a genius cannot help but be original. Therefore, a genius need only try to imitate in order to be original. So even attempting to imitate a Mozart serenade, Tchaikovsky could not help but be original. Rob Capolo, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Rob and a far cry are at the New England Conservatory of Music tomorrow night as part of the Celebrity Series of Boston, and you can stream the performance starting next Monday. You'll find more information uh, at wbur.org slash Radio Boston. Rob, thanks. A pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you.